This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. This is Greg Miller. Me. This is Casey Lynch. What up? It's Brian Altano. Hi. Brett, Brett. Greg. <laughs> yeah. And Casey. A few weeks ago, you guys packed your overnight bags uh-huh. and you flew out to New York City. They make salsa there. To see. <laughs> they have hurricanes. <laughs> Get a rope. To see. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah? Please tell us about it. Three characters, first time in franchise history. Here's the thing that I'll tell you that I got, Damon. I'm, I'm on the plane, in the seat. You were flying? No. They, you fly they, it? they gave me a plastic steering wheel for some reason. But I'm on the plane, and I, 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 it, you know, we talk about sequelitis, how I have that a lot, right? Where I, I know I'm going to be excited for this game, but I don't get like crazy excited for it, right? We talked about this with Assassin's That's Creed. That's what sequelitis is? Yeah, to me. What are we talking about on GameScoop here? We, come on, can you just let the show roll? We yeah, just <laughs> nod like we've talked before. <laughs> and it was one of the things on the plane I wasn't like, I was like, oh, it's going to be cool to see GTA V. I'm excited, you know, it's GTA. I'm sure it'll be great. And it was one of those things, fine, fine. And then when we got there and we watched it, what I liked the most about it and what spoke to me is that uh, it wasn't just GTA 5 from GTA 4. It wasn't just another main It wasn't character. GTA 4 too. Exactly. It wasn't a character just run, running around doing his thing. It's these three different characters, but then it was the scope of the world and how different everything looked. You know, right? When we talk about Liberty City, Brian and I have talked about it before, especially in GTA 4, right? It was this very, it had this like hazy filter over mm-hmm. it. And it was like, eh, it's all, it all kind of felt uh, the same. Ugh, uh, this giant uh, open <laughs> world, how, how similar can it feel? But in GTA 5, from what they showed Casey and I, like the scope of it is, insane from the fact that you were up in the Hollywood Hills and you ride down this beautiful lush green everywhere. The Rockford Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) And then if we jump to the next character and we're in the mountains and in the desert and there's almost so much stuff. They kept talking about, uh, you know, you'll be able to go everywhere from the tops of mountains to to the the depths depths of of the the sea. sea. They they kept saying that. So expect to hijack a submarine as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you know, look for buried or something. Discover the lost city of Atlanta, and maybe Atlanta, or whatever they want to call yeah, it in yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, for Atlanta me, Georgia. what really spoke out about it was just the scope and how different things felt. But they all had those the detail of it, like when Michael is riding his bike out of his uh, mansion down the street, and just the way the pavement was rolling underneath him, and there was all this green grass flying by him. To then when we jump to Trevor, and we're just in this like dirt bag, middle of nowhere town with all the sand. Yeah. Really, really yeah, cool. yeah. What was your first impression? I mean, it was kind of the same thing. I, I don't think I necessarily maybe went into it quite as cynical, but I, I, was, I was cynical. Well, but I, I knew mean, I was going to like it, but I just wasn't yeah, like, I mean, man. I, I just I had a pretty open mind. Um, but I, I would say that the things that struck me were um, the the look of it feels sort of fresh again, and then the sort of dynamic between being able to switch between 
the three different characters on the fly and mm-hmm. seeing it work. It's one thing to, s- to sort of read about it, but seeing it actually yeah. work in a mission made it feel very fresh to me. Um, so to the point that you made about the sort of the removal of that oily, hazy look, I think that that makes a lot of sense because moving from the East Coast to the West Coast to sort the of... The air is just totally clear in L.A. Well, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. I think what they're trying to do is just project a, a different vibe. and um, That sunny beach feel. Yeah, and it's super bright. You know, there's tons of really, really bright colors all over the place. Um, it just, it looks really good. You, you know, you were talking about um, when Michael takes off out of his garage on, on this bike. I mean, you could see the cracks in the street, like maybe where it had been repaved. There were oil mm-hmm. stains. Um, it just, it looked really good. Yeah. So remember when we first saw screens for this game, we started kind of surmising that it took place in a very, like, recession, post-recession era where you mm-hmm. saw the city and it was torn down and the places out of business and stuff like that. Um, but now it seems like certain characters are going to kind of have more of that than others. Like one guy lives in a really nice house, but the other guy lives in the projects. Yeah, I mean, that's the really interesting thing. Well, not the projects part, but the part for Trevor. You're not interested in the projects? No. What are you saying? Well, I don't think, I I, I think you've got, it's not really the projects as much as living out in like a trailer park in the middle of nowhere in a desert, right? And this is one of the really interesting things when I was talking to Mr. Hauser about the game, is that he's talking about how it's two sides of the same coin with Michael and Trevor, right? These guys were best friends, and they were coming up together in the criminal underworld. And Michael went the route of, you know, the Nico or whoever who went into this thing and got did all these cr- criminal activities and ended up winning out, you know, cashed yeah. out as a millionaire. And Trevor went and did all the n- negative stuff and ended up in the middle of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. this hor- they both have lives they're not happy with, and now the game's bringing them together to kind of, you know, see what's going on. And so w- when I asked about that, too, because the first trailers made it seem like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, all about, like, the housing market falling out and what happens when the bubble bursts and stuff like that. And that's a backdrop for what they're talking about. I mean, they're, they're just setting it in the current, like, financial, you know, setup or whatever, so you have an idea of what's happening. But it's more of these characters' individual, from what they said, individual stories of how it all ties into that. See, I like that because it's totally ripe for characters double-crossing each other. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three playable characters. Three playable that characters. That seems like the biggest change to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, it's it, 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 like what, it, it was weird when they first showed it, or even wrapping your head around it, right, when there's like, there's three characters, right? Michael, Trevor, and Franklin. Franklin. Sorry, yeah. I almost lost it. Uh, and you're, you don't know how that's going to work, right? Especially because it's like, oh, so I get it. I'll be tagging in and out, right? I'll be like, I'll go be Franklin, and then Trevor and everybody else will just stop. But they're all in together, right? Like, the, one of the most exciting things about the game is it, it's not just like, okay, you're trying to come up in the criminal underground. It's like, nope. Uh, the best part of GTA... Four was the where you went and did the robbery. You went and did this bank robbery. So now there's going to be five or six heists in the game. That's the whole point of the thing is you're going off and pulling these heists, and all the missions leading up to those are leading up to make it, basically like an Ocean's Eleven, you know, yeah. heist or whatever. Um, that sounds fantastic. That was that was mine and, and most people's favorite part of GTA. Totally, like, yeah. yeah. Just the scope of it of like we're planning this out. Here's the actual thing, and then there was the escape of like breaking down in the subways while helicopters were attacking the street yeah. and getting out of there and then dying and having to restart. And yeah, right. that was one of the things they kept talking about when we were there, that, that that particular mission left such an impression on people from GTA 4 that, you know, years afterwards they were all talking about that. So uh, the other thing was, uh, one of the motives for trying to have these three characters that you'll be switching between um, is th- they're really, from what they said, they're really intent on keeping people doing the things that are the most fun. So if you're right. doing something... Like, if you're on a mission and all three characters are involved, but they're all doing separate things, and you're doing something with one of those guys and you're just not into it, you can swap out of it and now do what the other person is doing within that mission. So say, for instance, I guess, if one was running an errand to set something up, just switch out of that character into another character to do something separate. So we saw this mechanic actually working in action um, with the first mission uh, that they showed us. It was essentially... uh, they, there, there was a guy that they needed to extract from uh, their version of the FBI, which is the FIB, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they, they were literally uh, flying a helicopter over the building uh, to pull a guy out of a window. So there's three characters, Michael, Trevor, and Franklin. Uh, Trevor's flying the helicopter. Michael repels out of the helicopter and down the face of the building. And then Franklin's a couple buildings over on the yeah. top of the roof. So you could play that any number of ways. You could just be the helicopter pilot and Michael repels down and then breaches through the window and does that thing, and you're just there in the helicopter ready to go. Um, You could play as Franklin, uh, who's covering Michael as he goes through the window, and Franklin uh, has a sniper rifle with a scope, and right when Michael breaches the window, you can immediately see guys rush in, and you're just sitting there taking him out and providing cover for Michael, or you can play as Michael repelling down. So 
So it gives you a lot of choice to sort of figure out, you know, how you want to do it. How positive are you on that? I thought um, that was the part where they were forcing us to move. And then on the way out when you were in the helicopter, when Trevor was flying the helicopter and Michael was on the gun, that was when, if you don't like flying, you can switch to the machine gun. There were, like there were parts of it that, you, that I think that you did have to yeah. do. In missions, I know for a fact, they do at times force you out to different Right, characters. right. Yeah. I personally like the fact, I like the rhythm and the flow of uh, rappelling down the building and doing the, whoa, like Rainbow Six, like right yeah, through the yeah, window. Yeah. You jump and you grab the guy and immediately... It, the game prompts you to switch, and it's sort of like you you go right into Franklin, who's you know maybe a football field away on yeah. top of the roof with a scope, and then you just start picking off guys. It felt like you were just moving through uh, through the mission very organically, and I don't know, it felt very different and unique. Oh sure, so. I mean, and like the, that's the 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 really cool part of the three characters, right? Is they talked about you know always being in the heart of the mission, but always having something cool to do. Like when we talk, when people bitch about GTA, a lot of times they bitch about. Oh well, you know, I got this mission, then I had to drive across town, or I had to run yeah. this dumb errand and go across town. Whereas this, the time, that's when they're gonna make, they say, the TV switch of, you know, like, all right, Michael's done. They've all done this giant thing, and now Michael's gonna go home and talk to his wife or whatever, and you don't care about that. So mm -hmm. we're gonna click to Trevor, and we're gonna be Trevor. This is the next part of the story because he's doing something really interesting. And when he's done, then you're gonna switch to somebody else rather than get in your car and drive to Michael's house and find out what's happening. Yeah, because that's actually what kills the flow of GTA for me. It's like no matter how big the city is or how cool the characters are, the vehicles or something like that when you're prompted to do like this 12 minute point A to point B delivery chase scene or something like that and then you fail and you have to restart it. Mm -hmm. Like it, you, you break the fun of, it doesn't matter how big the world is or who's in there or yeah. anything like that. It's just like I'm, I'm picking up groceries for my wife. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what I'm doing, it's boring. Yeah, it's one of those things. So might as well get my friends. What they're talking about, it, it sounds like they get that and they want to change that which is super exciting to yeah. get in there and have, have a GTA that's paced like an Ocean's Eleven movie, paced like 24 or something where, you know, Chloe's doing something boring, so we sk skip away from her and go check out what's happening with Jack. That's interesting. I want that. And they live in really different sort of areas and different, you know, they have different lifestyles and they're in different places in their lives. Yeah. So you're going to, I think, you know, hear sort of how they came to be where they are. Like Trevor is supposedly the psychopath and he's prone to violence. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and Franklin lives in South Los Santos, so he's sort of like in the hood. Um, they showed like there's dispensaries, so he, like, we saw him walk out of a, you know, a marijuana store, so um, which was in Venice Beach, I think. Or yeah, whatever he was it's down called. in Muscle Beach. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah, the job high. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the other thing too that I, I think that we, we need to talk about is sort of the scope of the game, mm -hmm. um, and how you're going to be navigating around. Like for instance, uh, the the map itself is supposedly the biggest map that they've ever built. Yeah. You could. They said you could fit, fit Red Dead, GTA 4, and San Andreas, and San Andreas, San Andreas yeah. in the map. Yeah. That's um, insane. Right. And uh, the other big thing is the entire map is open from minute one. Like, right when you start the game, you can go anywhere in the map, which is new for GTA. Yeah, no bridges are closed or anything yeah. like that. You don't have to wait for that kind of stuff. And because all three of the characters are spread out geographically, um, the way that you can fast travel very quickly is just literally swapping characters. So you could be Michael um, in Rockford Hills, which is up, you know, in the hills with this nice, you know, palatial big house there, uh, and then swap all the way out into the boonies with Trevor, who's in Blaine County or something like yeah. that. And it does it. It does it like the driver San Francisco way, which it sounds like a knock. I've been not. thinking mm -hmm. about driver San Francisco this whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where you're right. you're yeah. in the car and you go, yeah. you go yeah. up into the clouds and you see where the other person is and you beam down into them. And the cool thing about it is that you're not beaming into them and finding them in a T pose or just like standing in their house waiting for something to happen. Supposedly they're going to be constantly doing things. They're living their life even if you're not those characters. That's so like, the question I had. When we beamed into Trevor in the demo, it was it was a it was a planned demo. They beamed at Trevor and he's on the shitter. He's he's there pooping. So yeah. like he gets up trying and, to push one yeah, out. Yeah, trying to push one out. You get off and you take off as him. But then at other times, like you know, Super when safe. people, <laughs> when missions end, they said, and you're in control of somebody, and you walk away. If you were to like you know let it go for a little bit and then pull out, you'll, you know, you should be able to beam into the other people in their cars or walking away or doing whatever they were doing after the mission ended. Mm -hmm. And we saw that demonstrated, like when we went back to Michael, he was driving. Yeah. And you just don't know what they're going to be doing. The way they described it, it sounded like they have sort of these off-cycle routines, similar to like something in Oblivion or Skyrim, where. It's sort of euphoric, I guess, where they're just doing their thing, and wherever you find them, um, that seems like part of the fun too. Is right. just, you know, I wonder what so and so is going to be doing at whatever time it is. And it's pooping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, still pooping. 
interesting thing about it is they were talking about how like you know Red Dead really what they learned from all their different games and Red Dead they took away how much people really really dig dynamic events and things mm -hmm. in the world happening yeah. and they talked about how that's going to be a big part of the game where in the example we saw was we were driving to a mission or just driving around the city and past a cash truck you know like the security firm that would go take cash or whatever like oh right here you know if you wanted to you could try to take this you could rob them right now you could pull over jack, try to jack the car in front of them you could follow them back to where they drop off the money at the bank you could do all these different things to try to get the money from them what, what is motivating these three characters, and what, what do you know about the overall story so far? So, Michael... Um, I was going to say money. Yeah, well, it, it is money, and we'll, we'll get to money in a second, yeah. and sort of the, the role that it plays. But um, Michael and Trevor, like Greg mentioned, uh, used to roll together uh, back in the day. Michael's kind of this established... He's, I think of him almost like the character at the end, like CJ at the end of San Andreas. You, you've got your mansion on the hill, right? Yep. And you're, you're sort of made. And so he's done all of that, but he kind of got out of the, the game. Like he's in some kind of strange witness protection program. I think his wife has spent or has he, almost spent yeah, most yeah. of his money. So he's looking to try, you know, and he's older, his kids are older, he's unhappy. Um, I think he imagined that that life as a made guy who's out and free to sort of just be a civilian, uh, that, the, that life would be good. But the impression that we got um, was that he's unfulfilled and he's motivated by needing more money. So he's, he's hooked back up with Trevor. Um, and I believe that this is the first time that they've worked together as uh, the three uh, guys uh, bringing Franklin in as well. Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, you know, the simple answer is I think they're all motivated by money. And that's the interesting thing because Rockstar was very clear when we were getting the demo that Rockstar or that money is a tool this time around. And like they weren't prepared to really go into what exactly that meant detail-wise. But they were making it, you know, saying that it isn't just like you know you're gonna get all this money and then go buy a rocket launcher like we have right, in past GTA's. Right. Like there's or a new something suit. to this. Yeah, exactly. There's something to this as far as what you're working for and what that money's, you know, where that's going with it. So that's yeah, interesting. And thinking about the model of the game, like so the, the mission that we saw was uh, was very sort of um, like okay this is this is our goal we're gonna go do this 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 and this and with a, a very um, thought out. Uh, you know, goal to get this guy out of this building, and it seems like there's going to be uh, sort of a string of missions like that leading up to bigger events that are then leading into these big planned heists. And that's what's awesome, right? Like we're yeah. not, we keep talking about scope, and like yeah, we were rappelling down a building, breaking through the glass, and that was the first guys, mission, pulling back. Yeah, and this wasn't a heist. Like it was yeah. a heist of a human being, and we got to see the police or the FIB roughing this guy up and trying to break his hand and yelling, you know. Threatening to sodomize him with a flashlight, but <laughs> it was one of those things like this oh, whole thing yep. wasn't the <laughs> big heist. Like it, the heists yeah. are going to be crazy. Yeah. So, so this event that we saw wasn't, you know, it was not one of those, and it yeah. was, you know, but on the on the scale of life, like repelling and breaching and breaking into yeah. an FBI or FIB building, I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy. So, yeah. um, but because heists are all about you know money or spoils or whatever it is, yeah, I think money is going to be playing heavily yeah. into it. Another interesting note is not all, th as far as we know, not all three characters are going to share a money pool. So you, right. as the player, you know, you're not going to be uh, racking up one joint fund. Uh, when you go between Trevor or Michael or Franklin, each one of them will have their own sort of bankroll, I guess, yeah. wow. which could play into the idea of you know one turning on the other because who knows if you yeah. pull off a heist and Michael ends up with a giant sum and maybe Trevor doesn't. Or yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, they could even throw in an aspect of trying to keep the kind of system balanced between all the characters. Otherwise, they start yeah. giving each other over. But I mean, I wonder, did they mention anything about um, using money as a sort of way to take over areas or anything like that. Because I know that like, a lot of sandbox games, like Saints Row has done it, uh, The it's Godfather about, yeah. did it. Um, I think they even did it with Chinatown Wars. Yeah, like kind of dominating neighborhoods and kind of... That yeah. wasn't really the thing. No, no I didn't But I think that's also it pushing away from doing this heist thing, right? Yeah. Like, why, it's like, why would I be trying... Like, you know, the other GTAs, it made sense. You were trying to become this kingpin. And this one, you're, it seems like you're just trying to make ends meet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get to this you're just trying to get money by the day. It's not even like I'm trying to become this drug lord or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, did you guys just see the one mission? Yeah, we saw. Some I mean, they ran around and did stuff, but yeah, the, the one mission. mission and we saw. we saw character introductions. Um, mm -hmm. We saw Michael in his house. Yeah. Um, we saw his, his daughter doing some sort of dance game, yeah. and I and it looked like there was a connect. Yeah, yeah. And so I asked, you know, is there going to be like a, a connect dancing mini game? And mm -hmm. they didn't answer. So it turned out to be a PlayStation Eye. Right, uh, yeah. a very large <laughs> PlayStation I. It, it, was, they, it um, was doing the SD They image. found the one household. <laughs> <laughs> but well, then you have all the money in the world. When we, when we went to Trevor, it was interesting. Um, so Trevor gets up out of his, like, uh, was he in a trailer? Yeah. Yeah, you know, his non-double-wide, whatever it is. Uh, and he trucks on over to a gas station and randomly, like, pours gasoline all over a, a giant truck and lights it on fire. Because that's what Trevor does. Yeah. 
This reminds me of um, like Kill Bill and Michael Madsen. He's in the I show. Was, yeah. Kill Bill's yeah. in the mansion. Yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah. The, the place where Trevor lives is very swordfish, like yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like it looked very, uh, like there was a lot of like undeveloped land that looked very like Dust rusted and yeah. copperish. Yeah. So like there was a lake there too. I think there was a coyote wandering around, wasn't there too? Well, because I mean, from the screens, we've seen like the bustling city, but we've also seen like here's, you know, the middle of the desert and here's yeah. like mm -hmm. the, you know, where you can go parasailing and hang gliding and all this shit. Yes, yeah, so. so it was like that. That's where he lives out in the out in the boonies, the Antelope Valley mm -hmm. of Los Santos. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I really awesome. yeah. It's one of those things. Everything they said sounds awesome, and I really hope it all pays off. But from what we saw, I mean, totally not. They didn't talk about multiplayer, but the, it was that they have a new take on multiplayer. Is what they said, but that's right. what they left it at. And they've we know that they've solicited uh, like input from the community, like, hey, we're putting together multiplayer. What would you like to see in it? Um, we do know that there's going to be crews carried over from Max Payne 3, so... Um, oh, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we reported so on that a long time we ago. We did. Well, yeah, I mean, Max Payne came out in May. That's right. Um, so we know that there'll be that dynamic w where you will have sort of an in-game party system um, that's persistent that you'll be able to uh, play with. Whether that translates into some sort of multiplayer high system, who knows? That could be yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, so instead of maybe... Uh, you know, cops and robbers sort of modes or sort of some kind of deathmatch, maybe what it'll be is more like akin to like Halo Spartan Ops or something. That'd where be there's, awesome, actually. There's episodic content even, who knows, yeah. um, where you're actually working on bigger objectives as opposed to, you know, PvP kind of stuff. Yeah, but we, we don't know. We've talked about this on GameScube before. I love the multiplayer in uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. I yep. think it's uh, underappreciated for uh, this generation's multiplayer games. Well, it's interesting. I mean, that came out, what, in 2008? Mm -hmm. And yeah. people are still playing mm -hmm. uh, GTA 4 uh, multiplayer, You know, even more so than Red Dead, which came out afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, But the fact that people are still playing both of those games and they don't have Halo or Call of Duty in the title is sort of a testament to their staying sure. power. So, sure. uh, Grand Theft Auto V is coming out in the spring. That's correct. Yeah, 2013. No release date yet, but it should just be about six months away, maybe less. Yeah, yeah. PS3, 360. Um, no word on PC. Yeah, not this time. But the uh, Wii U, you guys, no? No, ah, it's not going to be the Wii U. No, no. <coughs> the Wii U. It'll be an armored edition in two years. <laughs> <laughs> Today is Monday, but we have lots of more, lots more GTA Five content coming out the rest of this week. Isn't that right, Casey and Greg? Yeah, we do. We've got uh, stuff hitting. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my key. I, I forgot that I had the, I had the, <laughs> the list here. of everything. It's like we do, um, Damon. I can't wait to hear. We have a veritable always. GTA Five week. Yeah. Right? So yeah. The, the, biggest full blown GTA yeah, the biggest thing that's happening this week uh, before we go through everything is on Wednesday, um, uh, Rockstar's going to be revealing their second trailer. So mm -hmm. we've all already seen the first trailer, and we have a bunch of screens, uh, many of which are, are new that are live right now on IGN. Uh, but at 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, we will reveal trailer number two live here on IGN. Uh, we'll show it live, and then we will literally uh, rewind through the whole thing and sort of break it down. And uh, then we'll actually be taking questions on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, from people um, that you know are just wondering, like, what the heck did that mean, or whatever it is. And we'll be doing that for a couple hours afterwards. So that's uh, this Wednesday on the uh, 14th, yeah. I believe. Still finalizing the time on that. No, the time, actually, we just finalized. Oh, okay. it's, uh, it's at 8 a.m. Uh, is when the trailer will drop. So we'll probably start about an hour before that, like at 7 a.m. 8 a.m. Pacific. Pacific, correct. 7 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, seven, we'll start at 7 a.m. Pacific with some donuts and coffee, and, yeah, and we'll, we'll run through the, the first trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and But then, yeah, the, the trailer reveal will happen at 8 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, November 14th, okay. and then we'll be sticking around for a couple hours afterwards doing a rewind on it live, breaking it down, answering questions on Twitter and whatnot. Cool. And then other content for the rest of the week? Right now, on Monday, there's the top five things you need to know about GTA 5. Clever. Top V. Pretty good. Right. GTA Pretty good. V. Top V. Uh, <laughs> we're going to record a game scoop and post that. <laughs> uh, screenshot gallery. Like, Casey's running down the first mission. <laughs> Actually, Alex is writing that, but yeah. Alex is running down the first mission. God damn it. Uh, just, I, it's, we were changing Tuesday stuff. is the character breakdown. Uh, what's interesting is not only is it in-depth reporting from you, me, and Alex yep. about it, but also uh, Dan Hauser g gives his rundown on what each what is going on with uh, Michael, Trevor, and Frank. Very cool. Yeah, when we were at Rockstar, uh, Greg sat down with him for almost about two hours and did a giant interview. So yeah, that, so goes, yeah, that I mean, goes live on Friday. Yep. And, and so we have impressions about each one of the characters, but we got Dan to mm -hmm. describe them too. So. Uh, we go through all the rumors on uh, Tuesday, all the rumors you've heard about GTA Five. We break we debunk those them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or put together a slow jam screenshot bear. video. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to we that. We need those screens. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get the screens eventually. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be here by today, Monday. Yeah. Thursday, Alex <laughs> does a rundown of Los Santos, and then Friday, yeah, the Dan Houser interview. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
Also, we have a we have a very exclusive interview with the head of very Alec, exclusive. Uh, yes, like um, with the head of Rockstar North, uh, um, Leslie never does interviews, and so that's Tuesday. We will have that interview on Tuesday, so just to have more insight on the actual creation of the game. So. Nice. That all sounds good. Grand Theft Auto Five looks really good. Stay tuned for lots more GTA Five coverage this week on IGN. So, probably the biggest game of the year is out today. It's called um, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Oh, that thing. I've heard of that it. game. It's yes. a first-person shooter. Yeah. Those are popular. You shoot There's through. zombies in it. Modern military game. Never, got, I haven't played one of those lately. They're, no. they're hitting all the popular things. Yeah. FPS, zombies. Here's, here's the question for you, Damon. And we're taking a strange corner right off the bat. I want to know. You've seen the commercial, I assume, that's on non-frickin'-stop. Of this guy with the afro, and he's like whistling, and then everybody keeps getting the drop on each other, and Robert yeah. Downey Jr. shows up. See, I don't watch much but you've seen live this TV. You've seen this commercial before. What's Iron yes. Man doing in a jet? By yes. Way? But how many people in that ad could you name? One. Okay. I knew, I knew two. I, knew, I know Robert Downey Jr. Robert and I knew, Downey Jr. I knew FPS Russia. FPS Russia. I just seen. It, we're, we're quickly. I've noticed that they, they were skewing that commercial towards that YouTube generation, and a lot of hmm. a lot of people. Because I was at a bar watching with my friends, and I'd explain who all these people were YouTube stars, and this is why they were there, and that didn't go over well. So thanks for watching us on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, so that's you're a YouTube today. star, Greg. No, oh, yeah, I'm a huge YouTube star. <laughs> That's really out to, you should be in the next in Modern Warfare 4 commercial. Yeah, and there's no conflict of interest there. <laughs> hey, guys. Is Crash Bandicoot in this one? <laughs> um, that's out today. But uh, just around the corner is the launch of an entirely new gaming system. The Orbis and the Xbox, Xbox 720. 720. yeah. Sooner uh -huh. than that. What? Much sooner A than that. A new 3DS? Is the Wii U. Oh, right, the Wii U. You remember that's coming I do out. remember the Wii U. It's Sunday. It's right around the corner. It's New Sunday. Super Mario Brothers U. And Nintendo. on the seventh day, man played video games. Yeah. Nintendo likes to release yeah, stuff I was going to say they love those Sunday launches. You like Sunday that? Sunday fun No, they love those. They do. Yeah. Well, it's easier if you want to go to like a midnight launch thing. Are there midnight launches for consoles? They yeah. do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess their target demographic uh, with, the, with Nintendo stuff is not in school on Sundays. Yeah. So they can what are you trying to up. say? Saying for, that, babies. Uh, for babies. I'm saying they're getting an education, okay. as they should. <laughs> well, we have the first uh, review for a Wii U game is live on IGN. <gasps> hold on to my hat. Oh, right hold now. on. He's literally holding <laughs> on I hold on to your hat. Everyone hold on to your hat. Why does he need to hold on to your I'm hat? I'm not strong enough. I'm very weak. <laughs> it's not like, ladies and gentlemen, hold everybody on hold on to Greg's hat. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you reviewed the Wii U edition of Ninja Gaiden 3. That's the first review? That's the first yeah. review of it's, a Wii Yeah, game. there's irony there. How about that? Who would have thought? Um, so yeah, and, and you liked it. It, it turned out I better do. than I do actually Xbox like 360 it. and PlayStation 3 counterpart. Yeah, I like it a pretty good deal. It's, uh, it, it, it's a strange thing because you know, we, see, we see sort of these ports from other consoles go to their consoles all the time where it's like you know, Dark Souls, Prepare to Die Edition with some mm. more levels and stuff, but this is not like a patch situation. This content could not be patched into the... PS3 or 360 version. It's, it's essentially like uh, playing, you know, like the other versions were alpha versions, and then they went and fixed a whole bunch of stuff, and now this is, it's a significant, it's like a 1.5 oh. or 3.5, I guess, version, mm. if you want to call it that. The combat's been uh, addressed a lot. They've taken out a lot of the quick time event stuff, which was pretty annoying in the uh, in the original. Added all the blood and dismemberment and decapitation back in the way it yeah. was. Yeah, yes. just that's in. what I want. My eyes I know we're doing up. Sunday when we get the kids. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> You're not on school. Come play this. Someone get Santa on the phone. That's right. And then uh, Ayani, who has shown up in the Sigma games on PS uh -huh. PS3, is has some missions in this one too, which are actually really fun. Mm. And the the bosses have been toughened way up. The regular enemies have been toughened way up. So it's a lot closer to two. It's still, in my opinion, far and away the, the least awesome of the three. Because one, one is, of course, amazing. Two, I thought was great, even though it caught a little bit of flack from here and there. But, and then, you know, this is still good. It's just, it's, it's like instead of, the, instead of the disowned brother of, yeah. you know, the other two, it's more like the, the cousin we all tolerate. Like, hey, buddy, yeah. what's up? So, <laughs> so ring the endorsement from IGN.com. <laughs> You gave it a seven something. Right? Seven six. Seven yes. six. Yeah, that's a totally respectable score. Yeah, I know it's come a long it's way for good. sure. And uh, so, does it use the screen at all? 
No, I mean, not well. You could play off the screen if you want. No. Um, but as far as no I was playing with, I preferred the Pro Controller okay. for this one because gotcha. it's, you know, it's it's mainly because of the, the ergonomics with the triggers. Yeah. Uh, the triggers are a little better, I think, on, than on the, the gamepad. But, um, well, also, you are an Xbox guy, so you felt right at home with that Pro Controller. Mostly. Which looks I, I could, a heck I of could, a lot like the Xbox Controller. Yeah. Where are we going with this again? We're just talking about Ninja Guys. So oh, we're, we're, we're just rapping. We're just rapping. I was going somewhere with a point. Oh, now sorry, and then I. Yeah. Can you Be do real. the deal where you disassociate the screen so your wife can watch TV and you can keep playing on the yes. Wii U pad? I like yeah, that. That's that a really nice there. feature. Yeah. That's a really, really cool feature. Um, yeah. It's just weird that, you know. Oh, you were asking me what, if you can do any, what, what the screen does. Yeah. Like what, so it's, it just shows you the move list or lets you select Ninpo magic. So it's, it's nothing, to, nothing to write home yeah. about. I mean, I think that stuff's fine, though. Like, I feel like it would be worse to try to shoehorn. Like, we have the screen, so let's do a bunch of banana stuff with it. Yeah. Like, if there's a game where it naturally makes sense, use it. And if it doesn't, don't. I mean, yeah, at I, least, you know, you're, it's not like Batman. You're not throwing shurikens with the, yeah. with the game pad yeah. screen on, on there. It's just weird is that, so, you know, Ninja Gaiden 3 came out earlier this week, earlier this year on 316 PS3. They made a lot of changes to it, and it wasn't well-received at all. Very, Originally. Yeah, poorly reviewed. Um, and so instead of fixing that version, they just brought out a new version for a different console. So well, they, like they did fix it. This is the fixed version. Yeah, but, but I mean, then all the people, the, that bought, the, oh. people that bought the old version, yeah. they just have the crappy version of the game. It's well, like, like I said, I mean, it, it genuinely is, if, uh, you know, if you're from, kind of familiar with how development works, there's only so much you can tweak with, with updates and such before you're getting down and rewriting combat systems and all that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah. that's what happens here. So. And, and yeah, it's not, a, it's not a patch kind of situation. If they, I would be thrilled if they wanted to put this out for Xbox and PS3 as like a, a $30 you know, hey, we fixed it edition. That would be cool. But I think Nintendo is like co-publishing this, mm. so I don't think it's coming. Interesting. To I any mean, there is consoles. a history of Ninja Gaiden games see- seeing these sorts of re-release and uh, you know, Game of the Year editions, and you know, they did black. Yeah, the and they've... PlayStation would always get our, our sloppy seconds yeah. with the Sigma stuff. <laughs> Sigmas. We all love the Sigmas. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Does the next generation of video games begin on Sunday? The, I think the software is going to decide that. Explain yourself. Uh, if the, the, the software is what, you know, those are the experiences. And if those are, you know, a, a generational leap in user experience, then, then that's the next gen. But nothing I've seen from the launch titles with all these third-party ports. And even, you know, I mean, uh, Super Mario, uh, New Super Mario Bros. U is, is cool, but it's basically Mario in high def, which is awesome to look at, but I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call that next gen. So nothing I've seen from the launch lineup says this uh, is a new generation. I think it is. I would say that, really? I would say, I think so, because I mean, you could make the same argument, you could say Halo 3 was Halo in high def, right? Like sure. it's still the same experience, and so high def is a big deal for Nintendo. You know, a lot of- But Nin- Gears of War and Elder Sc- and uh, Oblivion and Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, all those came out before Halo 3, and I would argue that those were sure. the next gen. Yeah, Halo 3 is a weird example. I mean, I think, yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. Um, so I think the thing is, when you think about the Wii U and it's coming out, the Wii was also, there's a lot of concern that the Wii U is not going to be as powerful as the next Xbox and the next PlayStation. And, uh, you know, the launch games look good. You know, Zombie U looks fine and everything, but it doesn't look a generation ahead of the current games. But no one considered, like, Wii is a part of this generation, right? Even though it's less powerful, even though it's an SD console, well, like know, I, I, I've made arguments that maybe the Wii is not really a current gen system. No, I think it is. I mean, it, it's not. It, it depends on how you define next. Exactly. Gen, right? That's where we're getting weird into. It's a current right? gen yeah. experience, but it's not current gen technology. The problem I have right? right now with the Wii U is that we're using the Office. We're all playing and stuff, and so much of it still isn't working. We still don't have online stuff. There's, Correct. And Nintendo needs a day one patch. They've said there's. We have to all wait for these things to go. So there's all these switches that need to flip. So like I was asking Audrey yeah. these questions of like. I'm reviewing Zombie U, and so I finally started playing on a retail today. And I was asking her, so like, okay, I've recovered my, I took my Mii from my 3DS now to this, and that's really cool. And, it, you know, when I make a Nintendo account, am I going to be able to transfer that over to my Wii U when I buy that one day? She's like, well, I'm not really sure yet. Well, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, yeah, there's, oh, okay. there's still question marks yeah. a few days before launch. Um, I mean, I guess what I was getting at, though, was it depends on what's important to you. Like, Damon, I know that visual presentation is very important to you, so it totally makes sense that maybe you're not as jazzed about the Wii U. But if you're somebody that likes to play games in new ways, See things you haven't seen before. You know, you got this two-screen setup, and that makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of people are watching television while also have their phone in their hand. So, in some ways, Nintendo's kind of ahead of the curve about understanding like what consumers are doing and how people are doing things these days. It's a it's a new console. It's a new home console from one of the big three manufacturers, and that's a major event, no matter how you slice it or not. You know, even though it's not 
so far it hasn't seemed to be incredibly graphically impressive. We have an email here from one of our viewers, Brandon Calvillo. He says, uh, as you all know, the Wii U finally launches next week. I personally am very hyped for its release since it is a brand new piece of hardware and I love getting the latest tech. Hell yeah. However, yeah. I have noticed that the vast majority of people are not as excited as I am about the Wii U. In fact, there seems to be a lot of unwarranted cynicism toward its launch, which I don't understand. I always thought that the start of a new generation of consoles was supposed to get people really hyped up and excited. So what I wanted to ask was, has it always been this way? I was young in the early 90s. I can't remember the launches of systems like the Super Nintendo, Sega Saturn, even the Nintendo 64. Were people this cynical about the launch of those systems back then as they are now? No. Or do, you, or do you think that most modern gamers have just become jaded pessimists? It's all no. the internet's fault. Well, I mean, I think... I think this is a deep question. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. I think yes and no. I was extremely excited about the launch of the GameCube and the launch of the Wii. You know, launches, it does seem like the Wii U launch, in my opinion, and maybe it's because I'm deeper in this business now, it doesn't seem like it's as big a deal. It doesn't seem like, you know, there's as much sort of hype and people going sort of nuts over it. Um, it's... Well, but, the, but the flip side is there's always been that cynicism of, like, no one wanted to buy a Dreamcast day one. Everyone wanted to wait right. and see how it went, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I so think part of it is the, the tech has always, they've always seemed to, to move forward together. It'd be like a, a front line pushing right. forward together. You know, with Genesis and Super NES, we're sort of equal in power and a huge step up from from uh, Master System and Nintendo. Yep. And it was, they were, they were sort of, par they would move in, in parallel, right? And then Xbox and uh, PS2 and, and GameCube all yeah. coming out fairly close to one another, yeah. and PS3 uh, and 360 were, I guess those 360 was almost a year early, but it still sort of felt like, but this, yeah. this I think because the Wii U, just on a pure technical level, seems like the specs are pretty close to the, the two systems we've been playing for seven years. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe that's why it feels like it's not quite as exciting, just on paper. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the big part of it, because it doesn't feel like it's ushering in. This is why we're having this conversation, right? Is this the, Does the next generation begin on Sunday? Because yeah. it doesn't feel like it does at all. It I can't remember the last time. I, you know, I didn't buy a 360 at launch. I didn't buy a PS3 at launch. I, I bought a Wii at launch, but I can't remember the last time a system came out and I had no interest. Even the 3DS, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, or the 3DS XL, I want to see what's going on with that. I want to yeah. go with on. It's like, the Wii U came in and people were like, oh, okay, you know, Wii U's here. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I mean, you know, I, I was took home the, the console to work on the Ninja Gaiden review and I, a couple people in the elevator were like, oh, yeah. But it wasn't, <laughs> oh, my God, you have yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, in terms of graphics, if you're talking about a leap in the presentation of games and really eye-catching visuals, no, I mean, the Wii U is not that console. But, you know, Nintendo's chosen to focus their energies elsewhere, like, you know, with that controller, and we're going to see, hopefully, some cool stuff that takes advantage of it. Um, you know, with their sort of UI and menu system and how, you know, all that sort of works, and, and it's, you know, a lot more elaborate than anything Nintendo's done in the past, like, on the operating system level. Um, but we still don't have, they still don't have, like, a friend, a friends list, yeah. and a universal, you know, online system yeah. where, you know, Greg could be playing New Super Mario Brothers, and I could be playing Ninja Gaiden, and he could just invite me, and I can jump sure. into his game. Like stuff we've we've been used to, and now mm -hmm. take for granted for the last six, seven. And years. that's and that's the whole thing about it. I really think that you know, Brandon's asking about like yeah. why people are, are people jaded as how it's gonna be. I think next year will be a completely different story, right? If that's when. 720 in Orbis launch yeah. or whatever. Like when you're talking about those systems, I really yeah. think that's when people are going to be like, bah, like bonkers yeah, from know. E3 on. It will just be <clears throat> yeah. a nonstop ramp up of, oh, holy yeah. crap, look at this, look at this, this is how it works, blah, blah. Just yeah. looking at, you know, you know, traffic on IGN engaging what our readers are interested in, whenever we write anything about Orbis or Durango or whatever, those, you know, those stories do very, very Huge. well. Yeah. So there's already a lot of excitement about that. Yeah, I mean, the Wii U just seems systems. to be not a, a console that's that's put right in front day one for hardcore gamers. And, like, and see, that's the big part, too, is that, you know, you're talking about IGN and our core audience is that hardcore gamer, and I think he's talking about people being jaded. I think a lot of people got jaded with the Wii on this yeah. last generation, right? Yeah, that's something you have to acknowledge, too. You know, there are a lot of people who felt kind of burned by yeah, the Wii. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're disappointed with the direction that Nintendo has taken. Yeah. I mean, I'd still like to say, I want to reemphasize that technological advancement isn't just more powerful graphics. You know, Nintendo, sure. this, is why, this is why I made that comparison into the Wii originally is it's really not that different. You know, everyone's like, how come the Wii isn't as powerful as the 360 and the PS3? And Nintendo's like, well, you know, it's smaller, it's lighter, it's quieter, it draws less power. Like, it does these things that the other systems don't do. Um, and that's advancement. Like, it's a more advanced console than those other consoles, but just in different ways that yeah. aren't as important to, you know, core gamers typically. 
you know, th they obviously got to motion controls, eventually connect is very cool, you know, move was, you know, it was what it was, but it sort of took some of the bite out of the Wii, but for a while, Nintendo were the only people doing that, so it's like, that might not be important to Damon Hatfield or, you know, your hardcore gamer across the street, but they are advancing technology just in different ways. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't so, no, we're not trying to take anything away from them. I know it, it's not. always a slippery slope because it sounds like when you start talking about the Wii, it's really yeah. easy to move into, oh, we're talking a lot of crap on the Wii. Yeah. We're not talking crap on the Wii. I, the, best, uh, the best thing I ever heard about how to explain Nintendo, right, is like people get all, oh my God, they do the same franchises over again. Mm -hmm. It's Mario, it's Metroid, it's Zelda, whatever. And each one of those games is like, usually like, you know, Galaxy, of course, had two, but I mean, they're on different engines, right? They're, yeah. these, like, they're, they're, they're reinvented complete, every time. Exactly, they're these different experiences that yep. you, you love and you fall in love with and you want to yeah. keep doing. But I think, yeah, that you, you know, the motion controls was the big deal, right? Like, I adopted a Wii. Like I told people ahead of time when I was buying a Wii, and that was the only one I was buying at launch because I didn't have an I didn't have a widescreen TV yet, I didn't yeah. have broadband internet yet, yeah. and I wanted to download virtual console games, and I wanted to play those, and I wanted to play Zelda, and I wanted to play Mario, and then we got that, and then it was <coughs> here is just this bevy of motion control craziness waggle fest that yeah. was like this isn't what I want. That's true. I mean, I guess the original question that we went back to is you know does the next gen start this week? And I think that's why yeah. I mean, I think the answer is yes, even though it doesn't have HD visuals, is because it's still doing new things technologically just in a different way. Other than you know pure raw horsepower, I think, and I'm not but you know I'm not I'm don't have one pre-ordered you know I'm not necessarily in love with the console either but you know I'm still you know I'm glad Nintendo isn't just marching to the same beat everyone else. Is. I think the software makes a bit of a counter argument to that though because a lot of the games at least that we're seeing so far are just ports of things that are already sure. on the current consoles and yeah. that's not next gen to yeah. me. I mean I wonder how Nintendo does, feels about that, right? Does next like, gen start with Batman yeah. Arkham City? That's, a, that's, that's, that's exactly, 3. like I'm sure they're so happy to have Mass Effect and Batman and Assassin's Creed, like you know the Wii didn't get any of that stuff sure really and so that's, that's very exciting and cool but it's also, it's like next gen starts with ports of this gen's games. Your old games, yeah. But I mean, that transition always happens. You know, we saw that from the Xbox to the 360. You know, we saw Splinter Cell was a double agent. You know, that yeah. game, uh, several games, and like King Kong and those sorts yep. of yeah, games yeah, would yeah. hit both platforms. So yeah, but they were hitting both platforms at the same time. Yeah, you know, but it wasn't the, year old games launching with the, the Xbox. The 360 version was the superior version to the PS2 Xbox version. I'm not. The jury's out on whether the Wii U version of Mass Effect or of Batman's Batman. going to be the superior version to the uh, yeah. the PS3 and Xbox yeah. version. Well, it's yeah. weird too. The whole Mass Effect thing that like Wii U's getting Mass Effect three, and then there's this Mass Effect trilogy that's coming out to the other two <laughs> systems that has all the games. I'm like, hmm, yeah, okay, yeah, those are fair points. I, you know, I will say that that's not Nintendo's decision. Sure, you know, this is what the third parties want to do, and Nintendo's software. You know, Nintendo's consoles always shine when you're playing Nintendo's own software. Yep, sure, sure. yep, so. yep, yep. You know, they're kind of Mario and Zelda boxes for a lot of people. By the way, pro tip, if you're buying a Wii U this weekend, we did a, we did a story on this on the site this week, but uh, found out the hard way that by default, the Wii U has a power saver thing oh, that's, that yeah. defaults, God. To, defaults to Damn on. Damn it, I left Zombie U on when I came up here. Yeah. Oh, well, it we have, it's like 90 minutes, right? Yeah. 60 minutes, okay. defaults to on, it. so yeah. I went... <laughs> and didn't you save it right before you got No, I, I didn't get there in time. Oh, so okay, it doesn't, it's not like the Xbox where it just sort of dims the screen and turns mm -hmm. the controller off. It actually shuts it's the like entire piece. system down. I was in the middle of a boss fight in Ninja Gaiden and went up to a meeting that was a little over an hour long, came back and the system was just off. Like, what just happened here? Did someone turn this off? Who did this, Mitch? <laughs> Take off your belt. So, uh, you go in go into the it. system settings and turn that off. Yeah, or you can change it from like anywhere from one to twelve hours, or just turn it off. Yeah. Does that also? What if you? What if you do the thing where you leave the system on, then you take it and you play it on your screen? Then it will. Then it would stay on, right? Yeah, that'll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's such a great idea. That's a really good. Yeah, idea. stuff that's like that's what really I should have done. I should have taken the gamepad of the meeting. Yeah. Problem would have been. PlayStation, solved. do that with the Vita. Come on. Stuff like that's really clever. Yeah. You know, and that's that's why I think you know Nintendo's kind of just doing their own thing, and and other, every company insists. You know, Microsoft says we're not looking at what Sony's doing. We're not concerned, but you know they are. <laughs> yeah. But with Nintendo, I kind of believe it. Like they kind of seem to not give a shit. What and I think Microsoft it's great. like Sony. achievements, cool. Yeah. You like friends lists? That's nice. <laughs> but I do think it's great for the industry that the Nintendo does march to the beat of the stone drum rather than rather than have three consoles that are all doing practically sure. exactly the well, same thing. Well, that's when they, they learned they couldn't compete, right? That right. was the big thing with GameCube, right? That was their final attempt to try yeah. to be like, we're going to be like everybody else. Yeah. yeah they weren't. GameCube was great. GameCube was great. I love the green. GameCube. Monkey Ball, yeah. It's one of those things, Wii U just needs to get it together. Get me a new Toadstool Tour. Give yeah. me another Mario Kart. I'll oh, be man. all set. I will buy your last, Wii U. What was the last Mario Golf, man? Well, I think it was GameCube, mm. right? For at least like consoles. GameCube was a great console. Yeah. Can we just talk about that for the rest <laughs> we should. For, like, I loved GameCube. GameCube was awesome. It's really it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with Wii U. Totally. Um, yeah. I'm sure it will sell very very well through the holiday season and then going into two thousand thirteen, as we start getting announcements on 
the next Xbox, the next PlayStation 3, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with Wii U. Interestingly, I've only, I finally, just going to see Skyfall the other night, saw my first Wii U ad at all. Yeah, I saw that before the, the trailer was a commercial before yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. I haven't seen anything on TV, no billboards, no nothing yet. I mean, I'm sure it's going to ramp up soon, but... I'm a little surprised well, that we're it's out a couple days away, yeah. you know, and I haven't seen anything. I mean, that's, that's another example of, you know, that's how things work on the, I do all the mobile game stuff, and that's how mobile games work, is the promotion starts day one when the game comes out, because they're a little bit more casual, mass market, and that hype machine is really only for hardcore games yeah. and hardcore systems. Like, that's where you want to get that hype machine going months in advance, but with Nintendo, they're probably figuring, like, if they catch someone's attention and say, oh, Wii U, what's that? They want them to be able to turn Go around to and buy that yeah. system. Viewers, I wanted to show you this uh, fancy little hat that Telltale sent a bunch of us. If you've played Walking Dead, you probably recognize this hat. This is Clementine's hat. And they, like, <laughs> made them all look dirty. It's like yeah. they all sort of have the blood stains. I the think that's spots. real dirt. Like, they just throw it yeah. in the mud, yeah, kick sure it around. The dirt was yeah. real. And I'm sure the blood is real, probably. too. Probably. Yeah. And then on the inside, it says Clementine in there. Just kind of cool. But this is literally Greg Miller's money hat. I can't touch it, otherwise you can't trust my review. Exactly, exactly. God knows I've just been waiting for a filthy hat to sell out. <laughs> that's the, give a game that's a, the straw a that breaks the camel's back. When does, I, a bunch of us have played episode five already, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, next week. And it's out next week? Yep, yeah. Tuesday on PSN and then rolling out on the... Yeah. And supposedly the iOS ones have always been behind, oh, mm-hmm. up to a month behind or more, but this one's supposed to be coming out at the same, same time. Same day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nope, wrong one. Is that you? But there's no, there's no good theme for the Telltale version. <laughs> no, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at Gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jack Lindsay did. Jack says, hi, Damon. Double dipping on the first names, Jack <laughs> Lindsay. All right, Your last name's on. a girl's name. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Damon and the gang. The gang is you guys. I'm the gang. I'm in the gang, guys. <laughs> that would be a good band name. Damon and the game. On the road. <laughs> no. Probably not. Nope. I was wondering what your most anticipated game of 2013 is. Mine is definitely GTA V. What are your thoughts? Mm. Now, I know you guys are going to try and get off easy and say, oh, there's so many good games coming out there's this year. So there's this many. and this and this and this and this. Right. No, 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 no. Let's pick the one. The one. I can start us off. Okay. I know yours. Do we have to do different ones? You don't have to, but okay. you'll look... It'll be like we're ordering at a restaurant and you also get what I ordered. Oh, well, I like what you order usually. <laughs> yeah. My most anticipated game of 2013 remains Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Money hat. You've been, you're wearing your <laughs> Lara Croft, Croft top yeah. right now. And you're in your long wig. <clears throat> so explain why. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how much I can say. Uh, you took, Damon's uh, in the know. I'm, yeah, maybe. I'm, I, I have more experience with Tomb Raider than most people do. Uh, I've played a bunch of the game actually. Uh, it's awesome. It's a uh, I'm a single player like adventure gamer. Like that's what I want to do. I want to explore a big world, and that's totally what you get to do in this game. Obviously, they're totally rebooting Tomb Raider. I ha- I used to like Tomb Raider back in the day. We were just talking about you know how yeah. I got the original Tomb Raider with my PlayStation, my original PlayStation. Like that was the game I got with the system. Those graphics, like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> those pointy boobs, <laughs> <I'm> fighting tigers. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a the T Rex out of nowhere. Was that yeah. Tomb Raider two? Tomb Raider 2 had the Raptors. Okay. I loved Tomb Raider back in the day, but then, you know, it sort of got played out and, like, lost interest. And now they're sort of, you know, rebooting... Well, they're just totally rebooting the whole thing. Making it more of a serious, less ridiculous game. And uh, they're succeeding at it. It looks really good. The game is beautiful. And then, you know, there's this story where Laura's shipwrecked on this island and there's some sinister forces at work that are trying to, like, you know... She's on, the, her from, she's on the Lost Island. From escaping, sort of, yeah. <laughs> There's a smoke monster, yeah. and she fights it with a bow and arrow. <clears throat> a well filled with a white so, like, light. That's all cool, and the combat is really fun. Uh, start with me, I'm Mitch. sorry, I can't. Just move on, past Lost. Come but on. then outside of that, there's just this gigantic <laughs> island that you can explore, and it's sort of a Metroidvania uh, mechanics going on, where you upgrade your equipment, you find new items, and then uh, you'll want to backtrack and go, you know, so you'll, like, you'll see something up on a cliff that you can't quite reach yet, 
And later on, you'll think, oh, now maybe I can go back to that. I had no idea that it was at all open and explorable. Yeah, I thought, because we've always seen like the canned demos, which look amazing, right? Like the mm -hmm. scripted sequences where she's like on the cliff and hunting the deer. Yeah, and it has a lot of those Uncharted 3 cinematic, yeah, you know, yeah, big yeah. action But it pieces. always looks like levels. I didn't know that it was open. That's like the that. thing. That's, That's it, awesome. It has what Uncharted doesn't have, is this open exploration that you get mm -hmm. to do. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be an incredibly hard design challenge for them to, like, sort all that out and make it, because you still want it to be cinematic and have these big set-piece moments, but then still give people freedom to go where they want. Like, that's a really tough balancing act, so they're a very talented team. I believe in them. I think they can do it, but, man, like, I wouldn't want to be them trying to, like, solve all those tough problems. No. The good thing is that, so I think it's March 6th, I want to say, is the release date, and the game is done. It's been done for a while, and they've just been polishing it, so that's actually, they're in a really good position. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about that game, too. Justin's most anticipated game of 2013. See, I didn't know that you were going to make me pick just one. <laughs> See, it's not, you know, I'm not going to let you get up. He was trying to do his normal Justin thing and wiggle out of it. <laughs> <and> <laughs> things. Let me pick seven. Justin the Wiggler, they <laughs> yeah. call me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> For many reasons. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> like his wiener. Still don't get it. I wish it I could. Around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a snake. Yeah. goes on. It has a mind of its own. I yeah. wish I could share with All the around. viewers the incredibly inappropriate <laughs> and offensive thing you said before we started filming. You can't. It was no. probably the worst thing Greg has said <laughs> ever. <laughs> it was. It was in the past awful. six months. It was, it was <laughs> awful. Also, very very funny. I love that qualifier. You're like maybe ever. No, not even no, close to ever. No, I in think the calendar just, year yeah. 2012. There's no statute limitations on this. This can never go live. You um, never publicly say that joke. Yeah. I think, so I'm not sure how the game's going to turn out, but based on what I know so far, I'm very, very excited about Watch Dogs. Yes. So the interesting, though, you know, we, we don't know for sure that it's coming in 2013. I mean, but sure, we, as of now we, it is. I mean, the, we'll that's, allow that one. they said, you know, 2013 was what they talked about at E3, at least. And yeah, I mean, that game could totally end up slipping if it turns into a next-gen title, yada, yada. Um, and that's also a game that maybe it'll come out, it's okay, it gets sevens, maybe it won't be that great, but based on what I've seen so far, yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of, you know, near future, and Capcom's doing that with, what's their game that's sort of Oh, uh, Remember Me. Remember Me. Yeah, Remember Me, I love... <laughs> remember Me. <laughs> <laughs> Good, uh, other, other yeah. in reference. <laughs> There's also an amazing irony to you not knowing the name of that game. Remember me? Yeah, oh. to forgetting the name. Anyway. Yes. Uh, Watch no, Dogs. so Watch Dogs, I like the setting a lot. Um, <coughs> you know, these sorts of near future games, I feel like that's something that's sort of hard to do if you don't have like really advanced hardware in order to sort of, you know, have this high fidelity world that's convincing. That I can totally believe that this is 10 or 15 years in the future. Like that's sort of a level of sophistication that's been hard for games to do in the past, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, who the heck knows whether the gunplay or, or uh, you know, the open world will be fun to sort of run around in and play, but uh, I'm just really excited about that game. It's yeah. a good one. Mitch? It's Dead Space 3 for me. Really? I, wow. I really, really love that series, and the closer we get to Dead Space 3 and the more we start seeing of it, the more I really start to fall in love with the co-op. Mm -hmm. Because in the first place, we knew, like, oh, here's John Carver, he's this other guy, he makes the story a little bit different, but now we're starting to find out, like, not only is he going insane and sees the game from an entirely different perspective, so the way Greg sees it playing as Carver in my co-op game as Isaac, he sees things that just aren't happening for me. So that's a really cool element to see just this guy losing control. We want to play the game as both characters? Right, and like now I want to play through it twice before I, even, before I own it. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, plus, with that character, you open up like additional side quests related to his story, and there's way more stuff to do with Carver in your game. Plus, Dead Space is, I just love that they are, they're taking a character away. Ellie, this character who saves your bacon at the end of Dead Space 2, is a character you really grow to love in Dead Space 2. I haven't 2. had breakfast, Mitch, so let's, let's not yeah. talk about bacon right now. Mm, bacon. So they take her away and replace her with uh, a new cast, and it's, it seems the entire game is just you are motivated, you know what you need to do, you need to find your friend, you need to stop the unitologists, the crazy religious people in the, who worship the markers. Which start be the, praised. <laughs> Greg gets it. Greg gets it. I don't know, man. It just looks like a really, really strong horror game. And people are really down good. on it. I love, I love the first Dead Space. Yeah. I liked Dead Space 2 a lot. Not quite as much as Dead Space 1. But, so yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how Dead Space 3 turns out. Yeah. Sucks you were wrong about Dead Space 2. I'm excited <laughs> for SimCity. I cannot wait to That's play SimCity. Yeah, I bought a, a PC for it, and I hate PC gaming. And I'm totally <laughs> excited to get in there and make some buildings, see how the multiplayer works. Is this a SimCity reboot? Yeah, pretty. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just, just SimCity. SimCity. No 2000, no 3000. How ready like are you to plop? I'm, I'm ready to you plop. I'm plop? ready for reticulating splines. I'm what? ready to have all sorts of crazy Speaking stuff. Speaking my language, Greg Miller. Yeah. yeah, I know. 
That game, I yeah, SimCity is one of those franchises that's like a guilty pleasure, right? Where <laughs> why? You're like, why is it guilty? Why would you feel guilty? Uh, about I mean, it? people don't. That's a surprising choice. I think if you were to rank what's Greg Miller's most anticipated game going to be, people would not say SimCity. It's Got one of those. You. I don't huh? still. I, I mean, don't think guilty cho- guilty yeah, pleasures. Yeah, maybe the right not word. guilty. I I mean, like Naughty Bear. If you like Naughty Bear, like a dark horse choice. Like it's one of those games where like I will maybe easily spend you know ten, twenty, thirty, you know, a lot of hours playing SimCity, but it won't like register i'm not like yeah i'm pumped yeah, yeah. for this to like drop day one you're yeah, right. guilty like pleasure a year is... from now we probably won't be like talking about sim city as game of the year i mean maybe it depends on how amazing it is i remember sim city 4 i loved that game but we had an older computer and yeah. then, like when it yeah. got to be like city size it just would like blow up my computer and not run <laughs> yeah i'm not I looking forward to that i'm worried about stuff like that i'll I have anthony you... come over and give me a diagnosis <laughs> you gotta you upgrade your car I don't know how PC game. I think works. you. I think it has. A, I mean, like we have no idea, but I think it'll be have a conversation for game of the year. Sure. Twenty thirteen. Why don't we start that already? Yeah. yeah. We've already put yeah. twenty twelve to bed. <laughs> so can we? I, so that was all our one choices. Yeah. I still want to cheat briefly. Yeah. Can we can just unload on the rest? Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot of good games. Well, I mean, Mitch and I were just talking about how like March twenty thirteen alone is better than almost all of twenty twelve. Like it looks like a really good year, man. Yeah, twenty thirteen is already looking really amazing. Like we didn't talk about GTA. We didn't talk about Last well, of Us. Well, Jack Lindsay yeah. said it's his. Yeah, but I mean, the four And I of us. should point out that I am now very, very excited for that. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have some data on the IGN readers' most anticipated games of 2013. Dr. Damon's going to fill us in. You, you might be surprised. You might be surprised. <laughs> Unless you guys looked at my page here before we started filming. I've not cheated. Any guesses as to what the number one most anticipated game of 2013 among the IGN readers is? GTA? Is there, an object yet? Wow. Is there an object yet for a Call of Duty? <laughs> Not Call of Duty. Modern. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know, I guess. It is an exclusive console game. Okay. Did we already say Last of Us? That's what I was going to guess. Last of Us is not number one. Number one is Gears of War Judgment. Oh, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. That, yeah, that really surprised me. I mean, that game looks awesome, and it, the multiplayer is great. The just, we just different. haven't seen it in a while. And there doesn't, yeah. I'm not hearing a lot of like, buzz about it, but... Maybe that's why people want it. They, Maybe that's, they come to IGN, they're like, where's the Gears? We're yeah. like, we don't know. They won't <laughs> tell us. So the top three games for uh, 2013, according to IGN readers, Gears of War Judgment, Last of Us, and then Elder Scrolls Online. Ugh, I'm right. sorry. Stop. Stop caring. Charles, I, mean, stop I don't know about that. I just, that's just surprising <laughs> to me. Yeah, I'm worried about wow. that game. Yep. 20 minutes of sad, sad gameplay. <laughs> Live now on IGN.com. <laughs> it's not even, I mean, that game might be very fun. It's just not what I wanted, and it's not what I expected. It looks like World of Warcraft in the Elder Scrolls universe. It doesn't even look like it's in the Elder Scrolls universe. Uh, we're still getting Skyrim content, so. Like, That's true. Like, Dragonborn is coming out next month, so. Yeah. We, if you want to play more Skyrim, you've, you've got that. Yeah, Unless you think- you're playing on the PlayStation 3. <laughs> 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 That's true. Do you think they're just going to keep coming out with, like, I have this uh, theory that if we're not there yet, we're getting close to like single-player games just never-ending. Like, what if they came out with a new $20 big Skyrim expansion every six months until Elder Scrolls V was ready? That'd be cool. And then that could just be their model. I would love that. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm reviewing Far Cry 3 next week, and I would love more content for that already. Just like forever until Far yeah, Cry Yeah, oh yeah, 4. just like add a new island, give me a new place, give yep. me new quests. I agree. Just make up islands. You've got me interested in Far Cry 3. Yeah, me too. That game was, I was not... Looking forward to that game at all until you started talking about it. You know what Love sold it. me? And when I saw the sharks. That's what's coming on. The, the, the land sharks. The land sharks. That's what sold me. Just land sharks. Land sharks to come. You know, we briefly mentioned Game of the Year. <gasps> Timothy PB Johns has a suggestion. I know peanut butter. He has a suggestion for a new <laughs> Game of the Year category. Okay. He says, I think it would be a neat idea to have a Game of the Year category that is best re release. Devil May Cry, Zone of the Enders, Okami HD, Jet Set, Bionic Tony Hawk, Ratchet and Clank, Metal Gear on Vita, Silent Hill, Jack and Daxter were all apparently released this year. <laughs> wow. Re-releases. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's, that's just actually, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's, that's a good idea. probably a good idea. Think about stuff like Ocarina of Time 3D and things like that on handhelds Star Fox. Too. Star yeah. Fox. Releases are really yeah. common now, so. We'll, we'll pass this along to Topman. Our top men. men. Yeah. My question would be: Would it be the one like just the best game that was right? Really like, does period? it period? Exactly. Or that's like, what, that's where we get so weird. Or like the best handling, the best packaging of it. Like right? the effort that they put <clears throat> yeah. into the re-release. I think so. Yeah, I can get behind that. You're gonna get into weird things that were like the major- overwhelming majority of people haven't played those. You know what I mean? Like haven't yeah. played these re-releases. So then it's, we're just going off of each other's word, which is fine. Obviously, we trust each other. The trust of the reviewer. Greg, I know but you still the- need to play Dishonored, but Zone of the Enders yeah. is a oh, pretty good HD release. <laughs> so I have a case on why I think Metal Gear is better. This is Calvin Dillard. Okay. He says... Heir to the Dillard's fortune. 
I've just recently begun to listen to your podcast, and I really enjoy it. Aww. At the same time, I saw on a website, someone asked people to name some of the hidden gems of video games. A lot of people replied with games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Final mm. Fantasy XIII, and Mass Effect. Sorry, what? I argued yeah. to some of these people that they were confused about the yeah. definition of hidden gems. I would not see these games... Uh, deserve the title of Hidden Gem. My question for you guys is what do you consider to be the definition of Hidden Gem and what are some of the games you might consider to it's be in that game, category? a game, Damon, that was overlooked. It yeah. was, it, a good it, game. Yeah, a good yeah. game that you totally got missed that, that nobody knew yeah, about. It's underappreciated. This oh. year, uh, and Greg went over this, you had a nice rant about it, Sleeping Dogs yeah. is a Hidden Gem this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nobody played that. That game is awesome. Well, it was in the top 10 MPD for its the month that it was released. So. Yeah, but Square it was, was very unhappy with, with the sales of that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking back, I mean, Costume Quest is still one that I Costume be- Quest is I great. beat that drum nonstop for because I love Costume Quest. I've owned so that much. game for two years, still haven't played. See, it. there you go. A lot of people have that story. Yeah, it sat in my more... Steam library for like a year, and then one day I'm like, yeah, Costume Quest. Yeah. The more recent XBLA game that I don't think enough people have played is Mark of the Ninja. Oh yeah, I, I think that sold pretty well. But yes, know. more people in general, please play that game. It's rad. <laughs> you know, yeah, you have anything to contribute? I mean, I'm thinking about it. Uh, Angry Birds. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, that's sort of the definition of mobile, right? Is like there's lots of really, really good RPGs and other things that if they were on XBLA, you know, there's a game called Devil's Attorney on. Uh, yeah, I heard people talking about that, and I, I don't know what that is. And it I don't sounds know, cool. It's either 99 cents or 2.99. I mean, you know, it's cheap and it's on iPad. And if that were a 9.99 PSN or XBLA download, people would go bananas over it. But since it's on the App Store, you know, stuff like that just gets overlooked. And I'm not saying that game's like groundbreaking. But it's one of those games where they come out every single week on the App Store. Yeah. And if people don't think that that's what they're into, then they sort of skip games like that. You know, what we haven't talked about on GameCube yet is how good Angry Birds Star Wars is. Yeah. yeah. I still need to play it. It's I can't awesome. wait. I, like I can't it. wait. I wanted to actually have it. You downloaded it, right? Yep. What Day one, before I even saw you tweet about it, I, okay. I, I made a mental note the night before that it was going to go live. <laughs> so I downloaded it on the Muni Train. What do I think? Yeah. It's good. It's, I mean, like, I, I've been, you know, I'm the, I'm the casual Angry Birds person. I played a little bit here and there. and. Uh, you made me download Bad Piggies. I enjoyed that for a while. And so, yeah, this one was just another one. Uh, like, oh, okay, this is, like, cute and goofy, and they got the Force powers and lightsabers. I'll try this out. So, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I like Han. Han is my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's nothing, like, you know, earth-shattering, but it's just it's just delightful. Yeah. It's, like, a really good handling of the Star Wars license and just fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm excited for it. It's, it's really it's polished, joy. and, yeah. you know, it's really sort of friendly. And, like, you can never play that game and be like, I'm upset about this part of this game. Like, it's yeah. just really it's pleasant just, yeah. to experience. Great. Pleasant to experience. IGN.com. <laughs> uh, last email uh, this week is pretty surprising. It comes from Autumn. A- the, the, the season? <laughs> uh, I'm here! <laughs> My changing. Yeah, we don't get to spend time with Autumn. Can we just pretend that Autumn is a hot girl? Because that sounds like a, like a cute girl's name. It could be a hot mom because she is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> She says, my name is Autumn, mother of two monsters and one more little boy on the way. Monsters? Like, like, like Lady Gaga? Like, well, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Little monsters. I am, emailing, I am emailing you today for my son, Luke. First, let me give you some small background. His father, who is active duty in the Army, and I met on WoW, World of Warcraft, the first year it came out. Luke was born on WoW's release anniversary the oh. year later. 2005. <laughs> if that wasn't fate for having a gamer child, I don't know what it is. Luke turns... Six on November 20th. So this is a five-year-old we're talking about. He's a huge fan of your show. What? Can you guys <laughs> just take a moment? To Can we reflect on this parenting? <laughs> we're shaping ch- children's minds. Hey, Greg, That's what it's all about. The kid's a big, big fan of the show. Could you repeat your joke? <laughs> <laughs> no. A five-year-old watches a show? That's, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. He says, like it's the internet. Better. That's what it's all about. Kids, that, they're not watching TV. Damn. I mean, my my, I have an eight-year-old nephew. He doesn't watch my show. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, even... Well, he's in Kansas. So he, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have the internet. He's yeah. an eight-year-old. Yeah, like 1983. They're sending telegrams. That's how he's communicating. Anyway, with Luke watches your podcasts on the Xbox 360 more than he plays the actual games. When he comes home from school, he asks if he can play his video games, but what he really means is, can I watch IGN GameScoop? Yeah. He even copies some of your series and does his own hour-long narrations as he plays games from describing the login menu, the characters of the game, even the gameplay, as he triumphs or fails the levels. He is narrating them just as you guys do on your show. We need to hire Luke as a yeah. Let's I Play I know, expert. right? <laughs> Get him on video. You can give him a shout-out on your, you know, around November 20th. I'm sure I would have one ecstatic son. Yes, uh, happy sixth birthday. Indeed. Luke, what, is, what day is the 20th? 
Yeah, we're coming that is, what is today? Today's like the 16th. I have no sense of time. Everyone break out. Today's the 16th. 16th. Yeah. Okay. So the 20th is early next week. Monday? Yeah. Uh, we're actually taking... We, Tuesday. Next week is a short week for us here at IGN. Uh, it's a holiday week here in the U.S. for Thanksgiving. We'll games people be taking the week off. We won't be filming. So we do want to wish you a very happy sixth birthday, Luke. Thanks for watching our show. I will try to <laughs> keep that in mind as we... <laughs> some of the comments that we make... Uh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, th- thank you, Autumn, for letting your son <laughs> hang out with us. <laughs> get the other. We get the other kids on board one this time. Yeah. We yeah, got two other fans yeah, to convert yeah. here. That's how we're gonna get them. Yeah. She's got one on the way too. So do the thing where you put the headphones, headphones on. on the yeah, way. just just play GameScoop for. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach us at Gamescoop at IGN.com. Everybody have a great uh, holiday week next week, and we'll see you in two weeks. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.